And as I was praying and seeking the Lord this week, this is a scripture that God put on my heart, and I can't get it off. But he says, but not a dog shall growl against any of my people. And that's out of an Exodus eleven seven. And the Lord's been trying to tell me that when we're faithful, when we stay in there, that not even a dog will growl against us and get by with it. And we need to realize how much the Lord loves us, even down to the littlest things when a dog's bothering you. If a dog's ground against you, it's ground against me is what the Lord's saying. And if you're faithful to him, man, he's going to turn it upside down. Well, I got put to the test a little bit yesterday. I, I walked out to the corner and walked up to the road, and there sits a boxer and another dog barking at me. And I thought of this scripture again as I'm praying and thinking, not even a dog will growl and then even bark at me because the Lord is faithful. He's faithful to me. And he was faithful to me that time and that day, but it's kind of easy when I had my big boys beside me. It's kind of like bringing on little dogs, you know. But, but that's the way we need to look at it with the Lord when, when this world's growling at us. We need to realize that we got Jesus in the Holy Ghost by our side. We need to realize that they're there with us every step of the way and that when we are faithful, God is faithful. But we got to get a hold of that part there. When we are faithful, God is faithful. That's what Tracy's saying about today. You know, God, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to be faithful to you. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to be faithful to you. So, you know, unfaithfulness is not going to get us anywhere. It's not going to help us in any ways, but faithfulness will change our lives. The theme of Bible school, and maybe I never got a hold of it, but I went to all three of them, but I never really went through the classes, and I was either driving the bus or doing something. But as I went through the, listened to Giselle speak in, the, in her time, the theme there is when life is unfair. There we go. You guys are hearing. When, when life is scary. When life changes. When life's sad or good, God is is faithful to us, guys. And we need to realize in all circumstances, as Naaman said in 1 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in a day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. But as I've been referring to today, is we know God is faithful, but when we're not faithful, we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable when we walk outside of the covering of Christ. When we're walking outside the covering of the Lord, and we've been talking about that lately, that we need to stay. what I do? Oh. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Are we still friends? I thought you guys, I thought I said something stupid again. I'm always saying something wrong, and you guys will laugh at me, and so I was trying to think of what I said, but I forgot about the slide behind me. Gary, actually, they weren't laughing at you, they were laughing at me, okay? But, but Gary was Pharaoh up there, and, and that's a point that I'm going to make here in a second. But, but we're vulnerable when we walk outside of God's presence. John 10, 11 says, if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And, and the picture I put up behind me, because Gary played Pharaoh up there, and, and he had opportunity after opportunity to walk in the light. He had opportunity after opportunity to let Israel go. And I believe that he could have been saved and and went with them and glorified God. But he resisted. And we get down to the last plague there that it really hit me, or not the last one, but the ninth one, the plague of darkness. 
And, and that is what probably got me more than anything as they were talking this week, that it was so dark they'd have the kids put their hands over their eyes and then they'd cover them up and it would, they'd tell them to open their eyes and it was that dark. You couldn't see in front of you. It was so dark because they had got out under the will of God and, and they're out away from God. But it says on the other side that the Israelites, the people of God, they lived in the light. And that just showed me how awesome God was is that, that here we had just on this side of the, the town, if you will, it was pure darkness. But on this side, it was pure light. And that ought to be a reminder to us that, that when we're unfaithful and we're walking outside of that covering, outside of that umbrella, we can get in darkness and not experience the Lord. And a lot of people don't agree with that or believe it, but, but I've lived it. You know, I was born basically into the house of God, lived for God my whole life. But as I began to look around and began to choose and weigh out things, I began to chase after the world. I can remember my first drink. I can remember uh, stepping out and doing the partying scene. And I can remember the more I did it, the further away God got away from me. I can remember as I would come home drunk the first time that, that I would feel the Lord's presence and I'd say, Lord, I'm sorry, and, and he would forgive me and he would forget. The next week, the next week, well, it got to the point where I didn't desire his covering anymore. I got to the point where I didn't want him around anymore and I didn't care. And I got to the point where I chose the darkness over the light, that covering. And we get in that spot when we're willfully chewing some, choosing something that is dark over God, we're vulnerable. We're very vulnerable to this world. And Pharaoh made himself vulnerable, and we see what it got him. It brought him death. Darkness and vulnerability in pursuing that will eventually bring you death. But we got to remember that when we are in the light, there is no darkness at all. Because God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So we need to press into him push into him and seek him with all of our life, all of our heart. And that leads me into what I wanted to preach on today. I believe the Lord told me this week, and, and to be honest with you, I shared it upstairs or at Kansas City, and, but the, the sacrifice of our lips, God wants our lips. And we're going to talk about Hebrews 13, 15. But the sacrifice of our life, and we're going to get into Romans 12, 1. And then the sacrifice of our loot, our finances, our, our wealth. In other words, our time, our tithe, and our talent, Romans 12, 8, and 13. And the sacrifice for your love. God wants our love. He wants, our again, our lips, our life, our loot, and our love. And he wants all these things from us. But the first thing we must do is we must choose him. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's your first step to walking in the light, to, to being able to sacrifice these things to the Lord. Your first step is choosing Jesus as your Lord. And after you do that, the Lord will help you along the way. But we've got to choose to walk in the light by salvation. Today we're going to be doing a baptism, and we're going to do it at the end of the service. And we're just going to show you uh, an example of salvation. If the Messer boys want to go ahead and come up here today. And your grandpa Wayne, if he would come too. But these two boys chose Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and anyway, uh, today they're going to be baptized. They're going to be thanking, or, or the Lord says when you choose Jesus, you need to be baptized, but you need to come before the crowd and confess it before men. 
and, and they're doing this. You're going to hear from their testimonies that, that, that they both received Christ a few months back. And I'm going to do that. Where you at, Landon? Come on up here, bud. And I'm going to have Jeremy, or, yeah, Jeremy share his testimony because it really moved me. But before we do that, I'm going to give him a minute to thank. Go ahead and give me the mic. But, but Wayne's the one in the red shirt there. How many remember Wayne? Uh, yeah, give the Lord praise for Wayne. You got a little bit of love? A little bit. Let's give you some love today. Come on. But we sent Wayne out and Pam out a few years ago, and they preach in Sheldon. And, and it's kind of neat. Uh, he's here today to baptize his grandkids. Uh, but we got Sean Mayberry, I believe, covering at Sheldon. Is that correct? Yeah. And so one of ours is up there covering so he can be here. So we work together in our, in our relationship with the Lord. But, but uh, I'm going to embarrass Wayne because he thought he was getting by with it. But uh, he graduated course of studies a few weeks ago. And, and anyway, yeah, give the Lord praise for that. And anyway, I wanted to introduce Wayne and tell him how much we appreciate him and Pam. But, but Dylan, would, or Jeremy, would you share your, share your testimony? Can I have to Yeah. Um, whenever I, I got saved in, at uh, one summer camp, um, um, it was what we were doing during our service project, and Eli and Robert prayed with me about it, and that's when I got saved at Tuesday camp. You want to share yours? Are you comfortable? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did I shut? There I go. That, that he had made his decision in the class time, but wasn't really comfortable. And and the two other boys he mentioned, Robert and Eli, they had picked up on it, and they asked him if he wanted to pray and 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 receive Christ. And we need to be that sensitive as brothers and sisters, because we can see God working people around us that we can be that sensitive to go up and say, "Hey, Jeremy, can I pray with you?" And then fill through that situation. So. Anyway, Dylan accepted Christ in Children's Church about a year ago, and, and he shared all that with me, but they both love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, right? Amen. So we're just going to jump right into it. Do you believe Christ died and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of sins? Do you reject Satan and all of his wickedness and repent of your sins? And we say we're giving up our lips, our life, our love, and our loot. That's what rejecting Satan is, is saying, you don't have any control over my life, God does now. Three, do you confess Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and promise to serve him as your Lord? Will you promise to share Jesus, your faith in him with others? And do you believe that you'll rise to be with him for all eternity? And do you desire to be baptized today? Amen. Andrew, uh, you three boys come up here. Benaiah, any of you other youth, want you come on up here? Come on, girls, come up here and just get around here. Let's pray for him. Back there, girls, come on. Let's come on up. Anybody that wants to come, let's pray with him today. But church, uh, will you support and pray for these two by giving them your total support and promise to do all you possibly can to see that they are nurtured in Christ? Will you do that today? Now, I know these young, young ones are doing that today, but they're coming up standing with their brothers in, in Christ here today, and, and this is what church is about. And I'm going to ask Wayne to pray over these two. Father, as we come today praising you and thanking, the, thanking you for these two young men, Lord, we just ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon them and allow them to grow as men of strength and as men of honor 
in your house, Lord. Lord, we ask that you, you just be with us and allow us to be able to nurture them, to advise them, and to be their strength when they have no strength. And allow us, allow us to show them the way to, to be righteous men of God. In Christ's holy name, amen. We're going to baptize them at the end of the service today, but I thought what better way to see uh, the most important sacrifice at all, of all, and that's salvation, than just to show you today. But the sacrifice of your lips, uh, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I wanted to hit on the death of the, of the lips here at first. If, if we don't realize, if you look across our nation, our land, watch TV, look out into our community, look out into our own church body, look into our own personal lives, we can see the effects of allowing Satan to have our lips, allowing Satan to use us. Uh, the biggest deal that's going on right now that, that really has surprised me, and be honest with you, I was going to speak on it today, but I don't think the people's ready. But what was passed in Lamar last week, man, it, it has divided our community. Uh, many things has divided our community. And we see it national-wise. We see it locally. We see it in the church. We see it in our own personal life. Satan's got an agenda against this area, I believe. And the reason he's got an agenda against this area is because that, that he knows what we can do. He's seen what we can do. And we need to start standing against it. But the first thing we got to do is not allow it to divide us. And as I would go around and talk to the community, mostly outside of the church, the, the Lord's given me a sermon. I, I could preach it right now. But, but I don't think the community's ready because anytime I would start sharing what I believe the Lord was, sharing, was telling me, people would take me back to their side, their opinion, their view, and wanted to know where I stood. And it didn't matter which side that they didn't want to focus in on what God was wanting to tell us. And, and, and we're just not ready to hear that now. But, but I believe if we do these four things today, that it'll help guide us. It'll help direct us in not allowing this community to be divided. Not allowing this, our personal lives and marriage or family or whatever at home to be divided not allowing our church to be divided, not allowing our community to be divided, and on up if we would guard our lips. What we're, what's coming out of the mouth, we need to guard them. And I get it so many times that, that Pastor God's telling me to say this. Well, I wonder sometimes. You know, I believe that you can say anything you want to say. It's how you say it. But also when I was praying about this, James 3.17 said, but the wisdom from above is first pure. So if you're telling me you got a word from the Lord and wisdom from the Lord, the first thing that's going to be is pure according to God's word. The second thing, it's going to be peaceable. It's going to be gentle. It's going to be open to reason, full of mercy and good fruit. There should be fruit from what you say. There should be fruit. Impartial and sincere. When we got a word from the Lord, that's what James says in 3.17. But the, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits. Impartial and, in, and sincere. And, and we need to think about that before we speak. But we need to see that our lips 
are producing life. And what better way to produce life than to praise God? And the scripture today that I want to stand on is Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. In Jesus' own words here, in Matthew 6, 9, when he was teaching us how to pray, Jesus said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus was telling us in the prayer that we put before God and teaching us how to pray that we just need to worship God and focus on worshiping God. So when I'm upset, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to get off the problem and get on his name. We're going to praise and worship him. Hallowed be thy name. If you go back and read Matthew 6, 8, it's going to say that, that hey, God already knows what you're going to ask before you even ask it. So just praise his name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We need to begin to praise the Father and acknowledge him with our lips and you'll see that it changes our life. Hebrews 13, 5 said, the fruit of our lips acknowledge his name. We praise his name. We worship him. When things don't look good around us, we worship him. The second thing is sacrifice of your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Now, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible here. And the Amplified goes on to say, present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. The best thing we can do in any situation is to offer ourselves, our bodies as a sacrifice to the Lord. So we're going to worship him, we're going to praise him, and then we're going to offer our bodies as a sacrifice to him. You see, God wants us to offer all of ourselves completely to him. So here, what I want you to do, God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, your sexuality, and place it before God as an offering Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. You know, we see that with King David. We see that King David was getting attacked by Saul and, and the men and women of God the, 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 that were supposed to be the women of God and men of God. We see David and all the persecutions against him. But what does he do but worship his Lord? What does he do but sacrifice his life to Jesus? What does he do but give it all to him? And you can see David's life just be blessed and get blessed more, more blessings, more blessings. He went from hiding to be the king of the kingdom. He went from the lowest place to the highest place when he was faithful in sacrificing his life to the Lord. You see, throughout his lifetime, though, when he was unfaithful and walking in darkness, then he put himself vulnerable. You guys realize when he slept with Bathsheba? that Bathsheba became pregnant. Did you guys know that David lost his first baby? Did you guys know that? He made himself vulnerable, put himself outside the covering of God, and the results was he lost his first baby. If you guys go look at that and study that, he'll be praising God and worshiping God and asking God to save the baby. In other words, when it got to a bad place, 
He turned back to God and began to do what he should have been doing to begin with. But the consequences of his sin was already there. The baby died. He got back up on his feet and he went on. And the people couldn't believe the change in him. From He went from this total desperation. When the baby died, he got back up on his feet and made a turn around again to the good. Each time that he got vulnerable and got outside the covering of God, he would realize it and put himself back in and reposition himself. The whole point of animal sacrifice in the Old Testament was that an animal was killed. Our act of worship no longer is to bring a sacrifice. Christ paid that sacrifice, but to bring yourselves. We remain living, but it is all of us that is being offered. We need to offer all to God. We need to sacrifice all to God. I was blessed this week by the the Messer family when I called Melissa uh, and told them the baptism we were trying to shoot for today. They were leaving to go on vacation yesterday or today or whenever, this weekend. They were leaving to go on vacation. I said, well, we can can do it another date. And she quickly texted back and said, this is the most important thing. We need to do this now. And, and that really blessed me because they sacrificed their vacation for the greater thing. Now, as soon as the pastor quits talking, they're out of here and they're going on vacation, right? Yeah, so they're like, hurry it up. Let's get this over with. That's why I moved the baptism to the end of the service. That way they had to sit through the whole service. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm sneaky, but no, I'm kidding. But, but, but we need to give it all to him. So our spiritual act of worship is what I say with my tongue. You know, cursing someone, first point, what we say with our lips, is it a sacrifice to God or is it a cursing to people? We need to guard our lips as we've already talked about. Cursing someone is not a spiritual act of worship. What about what we watch, what we see on TV? Can you worship God while watching TV shows and movies you watch? Are you able to to get down on your knees and worship Jesus during your favorite TV show? If you can't, maybe I wouldn't be watching it. Worship is about what you think. Can you worship with what's going on in your mind? Meaning that, that you get so upset with somebody that you can't even concentrate that you're so mad you can't worship, then maybe you need to deal with that. That's what I was telling some people there earlier that, that I used to love, and I do love to go out and mow because it's a four-hour job, and, and I can think and clear my head. But when you're thinking on negative things, you can't worship God. You can't be who God wants you to be. And the last year and a half, it's been a challenge for me to get out on the mower because if my mind goes in the wrong direction, it's the most miserable four hours of my life. But when I turn it around and begin to worship God and begin to seek God and get my mind where it needs to be, then I find myself pressing through. So we need to clean up even what we think and what we see. Can we worship God in what we're looking at? What about where our feet take us? Can we worship God where our feet takes us? If you can't, you know, I always get it. I just go to the bars. I'm a witness in the bar. If you can't worship God and praise God in the bar, then, then you're not been able to worship there. That, that maybe you ought not be there. 
You see where I'm going today? It's sacrifice. We're wanting to get closer to God. We're wanting all of God. We're, we're wanting to experience the totality of God. Then sacrifice our lips and sacrifice our life. Yeah, you don't have to, but you'll find out when you do that you'll experience more than him. The third point is sacrificing of your loot. Loot here means your, your finances, your time, your tithe, your talent. But generous giving is a sacrifice. Paul encourages the sacrifice of generosity and contributing to the needs to others. The Bible says in Romans 12, 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So we're all supposed to give, we're supposed to contribute to the things of God. Romans 12, 8 even talks about giving being a spiritual gift, just like prophecy, just like wisdom, just like tongues and interpretation. Giving is a spiritual gift. And a lot of people, we run from that. And I believe that the Lord really spoke over me that sometimes that I catch a lot of heat that, that some of us want this taken care of. And some of us want this taken care of. Some of us want to do this with our monies. And, and, and we get all this going around and there's no way that we can target all of them. And the Lord really hit me the other day. Maybe I'm telling those people to give to those things. Maybe I've gifted them to take care of that need. And so as you're being challenged by that, maybe God's challenging you to take care of that need. You guys did it well during VBS this year. Man, there was a giving like you wouldn't believe during VBS. Probably more loot than we ever got. And, and we went up to Kansas City, and it was kind of a blessing. You think all churches are blessed like we are. Uh, went to find a TV. Couldn't find a TV that worked in the place. Couldn't find a DVD that worked in the place player. And you just assumed everybody's got it good like we do. And anyway, couldn't find it. But we had enough monies of extra giving in the church that we went out and bought a TV and a DVD player so that people could be ministered to in Kansas City. God is in control. God is, is over things. So whoever gave that extra to VBS this year, or there may have been many of you, you did it for a reason. God called you to do that. The word even says that we're to give generously to our enemies. A lot of times I get challenged on, well, should we be doing this? Should we be doing that? Romans says in 12, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus said, you can't outgive my dad, the father, God. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. You know, a lot of you may be thinking by now that, that how does he end up on money when we're talking about sacrifices? You know, we just seem to have a time to talk about that, mainly because that's probably the hardest thing for us to sacrifice. But the first thing is, if we're trying to build God's kingdom, we're, we're trying to to, to bring peace into division. We're going to try to minister to the world. God's got to have our lips. He's got to have our life. But he needs our money too to accomplish what he's, he's designed. I guess he don't need it, but he's called us to give towards it. And what we give goes to building God's kingdom. It's just as important as our lips in our praise. We need to give all that God has called us to give. And the last thing is the sacrifice of your love. Do not neglect to do good 
and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you haven't noticed, I've read that every time on every point. Because your love is the most important thing. God causes us to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. God causes us to love people with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We, if we can't love, we can't do anything. And we need to give in to love and sacrifice our love for God and people. But we don't feel like it. We do it because we love God and people. Romans 12, 9 through 21 shows us several sacrifices of love that we can show God's people. People we love. It says live in harmony, verse 13. Hospitality, verse 13. Contributions, verse 13. By forgiving them, verse 14. Love is forgiving people. Carrying around undivision, or, uh, unforgiveness causes division. Uh, last week I made a comment that, that, that there wouldn't be divorce if there was forgiveness. And that, r- that ruffled a lot of feathers, I think. Uh, I, I was like, you don't know my situation, Pastor. Well, forgiveness would have took care of it. Forgiveness would solve most of them, most of the problems. And, and that's what God calls us to do is to forgive. You know, I, I thank God for my mom and dad because I think it has, has caused me to be stable today. But anytime I went home whining about something, they always made me examine myself. What did you do? How did you show love? Nowadays, it's opposite. We're on the phone and, and calling the, and complaining. I'll be honest with you. When Aspen got hurt the other day, that's the first thing that went through my mind is, is parents get angry that we didn't do something right. And, and I went in there, and I'm talking to Sarah, and, and, man, they just reassured me over and over and over, hey, we're good. We're good. But that's not a, 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 a worldly mentality. That's a godly mentality. She was showing spiritual wisdom and didn't allow things in to cause problems. And it blessed me, and I think she was more concerned that it put me out as a pastor having to run her to the hospital. But we cared more about each other than we did ourselves. And that's the way Dad and Mom always raised us. Every time I'd go home complaining, mad. Guys, that's why I'm a Minnesota Viking fan. That's the truth. Uh, 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 Chris, your dad used to take all of my stickers from the Miami Dolphins. On the bus, we had these little sticker books. And Craig would always take my stickers. And the other boys on the bus would always take my stickers. And I went home crying to mom and wanted her to go beat Craig up. And she goes, no, let's pick another team. And we went out. And I'm not kidding. Me and mom went through the book. And that's when I picked the Vikings. And that's why I follow the Vikings. That's the truth. That's, everybody wants to know this big revelation. But in first grade, that's what happened. And she was saying, don't think about, every, or any, about yourself. Think about others. What did you do? What can you do to change the situation? What can you do to make a difference? I get in trouble at work, go home, want sympathy. What did you do? What did you do? How can we sacrifice our love? How can we sacrifice our love for God and people? Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. We need to put people first. We need to be faithful to God. Guys, that's what's wrong with this world right now. There's no faithfulness to anything. Marriage offends me, I leave. Work offends me, I quit. Friend offends me, I don't hang out with them anymore. Church offends me, I go to another place. It just goes down through. We take offense and we take off. True love stays the course and examines themselves and stays the course. Me and Gary were sitting there the other night talking about things, and, and we thought we can't allow our mission to be overcome by evil. Our mission is that evil is overcome by good. And that's the stand that we need to take from our, our personal relationships, our families, our marriages, our church, our local communities, up all the way through, is our mission is that evil is overcome by good. How can I love people through this? Doing good and sharing with others means giving up things that are not good and unholy. That means guarding our lips. That means giving our life. That means giving our time, our tithe, and our talent to love God and his people. But we can't allow, as Phillips, in the Phillips Bible says, Romans 12, 2, He reads it like this, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. We can't allow the world to make it like them. We got to be the difference changers. And so I close with this. If the praise, well, praise team, you might want to stay out there. But if you guys want to raise, well, don't raise that yet. Because it'll draw more attention than I want to make this last point. But sacrifice can feel costly. And I'm not meaning Joe costly. Sacrifice can feel costly because we love someone or something or we love some bad or unholy thing more than we do God, and it's, it's, we don't want to give it up. So sacrifice can feel costly because it's something we cherish. But verse 9 says, Our love must be sincere. The Greek word for sincere means without hypocrisy or literally without play, acting, or without a mask. Are we walking in a superficial relationship with God, hiding, covering things up, our bad habits? Or are we true in laying our lives before the Lord? And, 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 and guys, go ahead and raise the, the, the deal behind me so we can see the baptism. But these two boys have made a decision to, to, for salvation. And the result of that is, is they're, gonna, they're promising to sacrifice their lips, their life, their loot, and their love for God. If you go back and read them vows over, it's the same vows you took. And all four of them are laid out in the four things we talked about today. So as we see them being baptized today, You remember your salvation today. You remember the day you chose Christ. And I've already prayed, and I know the Holy Spirit's true, that God will show us things in our lives that we need to sacrifice to Him. And I know He's already challenged you 
And we're going to take a moment after the baptism to come and pray about it. But Wayne, if you would baptize them boys and let's move forward. Jeremy, do you desire to be baptized today? Yes. Jeremy Lee Messer, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. desire to be baptized today? Yes. Dylan James, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Wayne. Praise team, if you want to come forward. in Kansas City, like I was telling you, and Thursday night, Karen called me, and, and she's never done this before, but Mary had, had a stroke, and she said, I need you home, and quickly after that, texted me back and said that she shouldn't ask me that, but, but I felt like I was supposed to come on home anyway, and, and so I took off, came home Friday morning, and, and we went down, and Mary's done pretty good, really. I mean, she started talking, I think, yesterday, but but what probably blessed me, and I, I thought I sent Norma a video of it, and I didn't get it done, I guess. But, you know, we think we got it so tough. And, and we think we got all these things going on. But, but I tell you, there was a little old lady in this uh, place that Mary's at now that was in a wheelchair. And, and she just would sit in that wheelchair and just scoot herself, pull herself forward with her legs sitting in that chair and she went all over the place, down the halls, in the dining area, in the, the work area where I was work, trying to work on my sermon, and then back out. And this gal was constantly doing that. And the whole time, she was singing the old rugged cross. The whole time. And, but what got me is after investigating in it, the family wasn't there, the friends weren't there. She was all alone. And if you want to be a whiner and complain about life... She was one that could. She was one that could. She had nothing of this world. Nothing left. All she had was Jesus, and she'd sing the old rugged cross. And then she would go, Jesus, I need you. And it about make me cry because we whine over the silliest things. And then she'd scoot along and sing an old rugged cross. Stop. Jesus, I need you. And she wasn't out of her mind, guys. She was in her mind. She knew what she was doing, and she depended totally on the Lord. So she was doing all the four things. Her lips were dedicated to God. She could have been complaining about the workers. She could have been complaining about her family. She could have been complaining about the government, the loyalty of everything. The faithfulness and unfaithfulness of everything she could have been complaining about. But she chose to sing the old rugged cross with her lips and to cry out to Jesus Christ. That's what she chose to do. 
She chose to sing a sacrifice of praise to her Lord. She chose to praise God above all things and to give her life, point three, to him. Why? Because she loved God, point four, and people with all of her heart, soul, and mind. Guys, she was ministering to more people than I probably ever could have in there. She ministered to me that day. She ministered to everybody going on around her. She was a woman of God because she was saved and chose to sacrifice completely to Christ. We can continue to let the world divide us or we can continue to guard our lips, to sacrifice our love, to sacrifice our life, and to sacrifice our loot, our time, tithe, and talent for the Lord. What's going on in your life today? Well, I promise you them steps will work. I promise you them steps will work. But only you can initiate them. The altar is open now. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, guess what? We can do that today and we'll baptize you. How's that? On the spot. We get saved and baptized today. But if you're going through a situation, your, your home's divided, your church is divided, your community is divided, the USA is divided, the world's divided, well, now it's time to speak with our lips, to sacrifice our lives, give all that we can in love. Amen? We stand to our feet. These altars are open. If you need prayer about anything, these altars are open. I want you to come forward and receive prayer.